Welcome to episode 55 of Girl Take the Lead, where each week we explore womanhood and leadership. And I'm your host, Yo Canny. This week, Sheila Whitescorn returns to join me to discuss all things Viola. Her movie, The Woman King, and her book, Finding Me, a Memoir. We love Viola and admire her leadership, tenacity, authenticity, but most of all, her resiliency. What a great way to kick off Black History Month. You know, usually we start an episode with a nice introduction from our guest, but in this one, Sheila and I just jumped right into it. We had just a few things to say about the lack of Academy Award nominations for The Woman King. Um, So since we missed that intro, let me introduce Sheila to you. She's a certified intuitive life coach and master healer with a mission to guide ambitious and spiritually minded people to release their energetic blocks so that they can achieve a more authentic, fulfilling, soul-led life. Her superpowers include empowering her clients to transform their lives by strengthening their intuitive skills, manifesting goals, and becoming more resilient. You may remember Sheila from episodes 15, 16, 17, and 20. Episodes 15, 16, and 17 were about the emotions outlined in Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart, and 20 was when we had fun with Cheryl Crow. Today you're gonna hear us talk about the timing it took to do this episode. With my research and time it takes to read a book, a typical episode can take two to four weeks, but this episode cooked about nine months. (laughs) We explain why in the episode and how we came to see it as part of a bigger plan. Spoiler alert, if you plan to see The Woman King and don't want to know some of the plot, you may want to skip around 18 minutes, 33 seconds to about 19 minutes. We hope that you'll see yourself in Viola's story and embrace your own vulnerability and authenticity as we did. So here you go. Enjoy the listen. Well, I was thinking about the timing and how it kept getting pushed out. And I think it's interesting that we both were thinking she was going to get nominated. Yeah. A lot and of other people so too ironic, were thinking that. What is so ironic about this is the underlying theme of this conversation is around resilience. Yes. Resilient. Yes. And I thought, isn't it interesting that she didn't get nominated? And for her, she probably didn't even flinch because she's she's pretty rooted in her resiliency. Yeah. We can see in what we've heard from her interviews and that sort of thing. And I thought, isn't that the lesson is in that? You know what I'm saying? It's like- For all of us, not just- for, for On a massive, like global, you know, on a, on a yeah. much broader scale. And I also thought the reason why I wasn't trying to complicate by sending more articles, but it's- you know, the, the fact that she hasn't been nominated has actually caused a lot of conversation happening from not just from viewers, but from people in the business. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure it will come up in the topic, you know, um, when they do their 
acceptance speeches and things. I think it's, it's just always interesting, as you said, timing for us to, I identified with her right away when this happened as somebody who thought I should have gotten promoted, you know, and people Mm -hmm. coming up to me saying, oh, you know, you're going to get promoted. You know, you're going to get promoted. (laughs) It doesn't happen. And somebody else gets promoted. And how in the moment, does it really change who you are or what you're doing? The answer is no. You know, I, I just can see her hopefully handling it better than I did, which was always of the, well, I'll show them. I'm going to be so much better (laughs) than I was before. And I'm actually going to just keep going. I, I think she's of the same mind, you know, like she's probably got her next project already in the, you know, that she's on and she's already doing, I think, I think it's just something we can all relate to. Yeah. So I I really, I mean, I think it's fascinating, you know, that, that we're doing it now, but we're having the conversation now, as opposed to, you know, six months ago or four months ago, it almost, it almost needed to happen now instead of then. Yeah. Um, because of the lesson, there's a lesson in here for other people to actually, because I think part of the lesson, part of the reason why we're doing this episode really isn't about us. It's about there's some type of them that's going to be resonating with listeners out there and yeah. they're actually having, using our voice to have the conversation helps other people connect the dots and look at this differently mm-hmm. because in the past, people just kind of like let it wash over us like, oh, the nominations came out. I don't think anything about it. Well, the thing is, is that we do need to be thinking and noticing because it's it's really not okay that these themes still keep happening. And it's not gonna, it's not gonna just be one person that makes the change. It's everybody, you know, it's it's the the collective yeah. uh, having a shift like, and voicing their opinions about it. I, I totally agree. She almost doesn't need to do anything because her advocates are going to do it for her. You know, I think you would call them, you know, little angels going out there and being ambassadors yeah, <laughs> on I mean, her behalf. All the spirits are out there going, no, no, we got this one handled, Viola. You just, you just be you and we're going to take care of this. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and the thing that's so interesting about it is The reason why is because she lives, again, we don't know her personally, but from everything we've seen and what we've read and what we've gathered, she seems to be someone that lives in integrity and actually puts out a lot of positivity. And no matter what her struggles have been, she's taken the high road. She definitely, so when you think about who who is resonating with her and who her inner circle is, they are certainly holding her up. Mm-hmm. And for her, I mean, she didn't even flinch over this, I'm sure, but I'm not going to, I mean, I, it would be very curious to see what type of conversation she had with her husband, because this project was a common, you know, they worked together yeah. on this. I, I guess sometimes we need the leader. We need 
we need someone to show the way and lead us to be better. And I think that's something that she's even said before. I think it was when she was talking with Oprah. She said, you know, I am living for my peace and joy. I want to be happy in my life. Happiness is a journey. I help people live better. And I think, like you said, there, this is just such a huge lesson for all of us about humility, about, you know, all this reflection on she should have been. It's not about her. It's about us, you know, and our sense of fairness, you know, and boy, she's worked really hard. Therefore she should, or she lifted so many people up in the movie. She should be, you know, it's just all of us coming from our, our place. And we get to look at that. And I think that's what she says. Her mission as an actress is, you know, when she accepted the Academy award, as best supporting actress for Fences, she said something about, we are so lucky we are in, what, how did it go? We are able to show people themselves and reflect back on that and, and show them their life. Mm, I love that. And I, I think that's her mission. When you have a mission like that, these little things like some Hollywood, it's, it, it's almost like she looks at that and goes, yeah, can't control it. Can't change it. It is what it is. Move on. Mm-hmm. Right. Isn't that what she said a lot in her book? Just, I moved on. And I love that because I think for all of us, we we've been in places where we were, profoundly disappointed by something and we moved on we moved on from that she's she's such a (laughs) you can see that she's just such she's been touched by god to move us in so many directions and to show us ourselves i really agree i mean i i so admire her for so many reasons as a woman as an actress or an actor you know, as a, as a, a guide for living, you know, from what we can see living in authenticity, being herself feeling, you know, she really seems, you know, all of the difficulties that she experienced growing up made her so incredibly resilient that now it's almost like, it's almost like she has a a dual mission. Yes. Her, you know, her dream was to act and she is doing that. And not only is she incredible doing that, but she's also helping people learn what it's like or how to be, how to show up in our most difficult moments. And that is what really just draws me in. And I just, I love it. Inspiring. She's so inspiring to me. Absolutely. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to speculate on why she, you know, the the movie wasn't nominated for anything, which is just unbelievable. (laughs) We can move on from that. But if, if listeners, if you haven't seen the movie, you really should, you know, it's an amazing movie about women leaders and there's nobody that comes. No, (laughs) 
no male savior comes in and Chase saves them from from being warriors, fighting their enemies. And and they do work with the male warriors in the movie, but the 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 focus is really on 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 them. And it was so easy to love the characters in this movie. And for um you marketers out there who I know are listening, they did a wonderful pre-launch idea on Instagram and put out there like, what character would you be? And they gave you a little quiz. And at the end of it, they told you what character you would be. And I know I was Amenza. Do you remember Sheila, who you were? No, I don't. Yeah. Amenza was her trusted friend and she could always go and talk to, and she was intuitive. I'm sure you would be a Mensa too. Absolutely. If I'm a Mensa, you're really. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) And it was funny when I got a Mensa, I thought to myself, darn, I wanted to be in charge. You know, I wanted to be head warrior, you know, but not to be, I was, I was, you know, the trusted friend and, um, but I loved the idea of aligning you to a character before the movie. I thought that was very clever. I also felt that it's the kind of movie that you need to kind of take a hanky to because there's so much emotion in it. Mm-hmm you know, about love, about encouragement, about team on the love between a daughter and a mother, even though they were estranged from each other. Right. Yeah. Uh, that really, that part really resonated. Um, you know, um, spoiler alert. I mean, the, the adoption angle in the movie really resonated with me as an adoptee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that would really appeal to um, the viewers, um, you know, women, mothers, daughters, you know, yeah. any. So, um, yeah, the movie, I watched it with my husband and my sister-in-law and the three of us were just captivated we watched it at home and it just drew us in and we loved it. Yeah. I saw it in the theater with like two other people. <laughs> I went like for a noon showing or something. There was just three of us in there and um, you could hear all three of us just go, <laughs> you know, just trying with our, 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 our little crying at that points. Um, I also got to say, I was kind of holding my breath the whole movie for it to, for something bad to happen. And I felt that way, that that, that level of, of suspense, yeah. I think they definitely um, achieve that. Like with um, every conflict, every fight, every, I was like, you know, who's gonna, who's not gonna make it? You know, I think we're so conditioned to accept, you know, that, the heroine doesn't survive. Mm-hmm. And I I will put in there though, if, if you haven't seen the movie, you might want to skip this part of our podcast just so that's not totally spoiling everything. But, um, you know, I think that Viola knew how difficult this movie was going to be for some people. 
you know, because it didn't follow the right formula. There was no white male Mm -hmm. or female to be the savior Mm -hmm. and black women are seen in their glory. I mean, the dancing, the costumes, the singing. I absolutely loved all of that. It was too fantastic. I even saw some social media that showed women in the restroom after having seen the movie and them chanting together. That's cool. And singing. I mean, I get little goosebumps about it. I think she felt in her heart how difficult this was going to be for some people to accept while others of us just went and embraced it. Like, oh my God, this was so good. I want more of this. And I think that she said something like, this was one of her quotes. I don't need to have a sword to be a warrior. I have the warrior spirit in me. And I think you and I both have a little bit of that. Who, who would you say taught you about being a warrior? Oh, definitely my mother. 100%. I think when you have a strong maternal mother figure, you know, it doesn't have to be your mother, but um, in my case it was, and, you know, she's the one that really taught me about resilience. You know, I didn't know it at the time, you know, we don't know that as we grow up and we, we just think we just kind of go along with whatever our parents do, you know, we don't, when we're young and, um, and I can remember her being, you know, she was always the first mom to do whatever it was. And, you know, the first one to get divorced, the first one to go back to school, the first one to go to law school. It's like the list went on and on. And so I just didn't think anything of it. And so now when we have conversations looking back, you know, she's like, she said, people used to tell me all the time how resilient I was. And I didn't even think of it because I was busy doing, you know, studying or working or raising the kids or whatever, knowing that resilience really speaks to my soul and why I'm drawn to Viola and even this movie, like it all makes sense to me. Um, how about you? Yeah, I, I automatically, I thought my dad, Fred Chavez was the protector, the Marine who took the hill He um, had endurance, taught me a lot about that. He had integrity and in the face of a lot of, he was dark skinned. He's a dark skinned Mexican. And he faced a lot of bigotry about that. And I was with him a couple of times to see how he handled it. Mm-hmm. And, um, he definitely rose above and may, and you could just see the other person was made to be very small for their comment or whatever the action that they took. So he taught me a lot about being proud and being a warrior, but my mom taught me the survival part and how to endure obstacles. You know, my dad would get mad at the obstacles where my mom say, Fred, we got to do da, 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 da. She knew that how she was a strategist and he was frontline. So I would say both of them taught me about resilience. I think my mom, I I will, well, giving it more thought. My dad definitely taught me about resilience. Um, but that came a little later, you know, so the resilience, 
I think that as I, as my dad got, you know, older in his life, that's really when I saw and witnessed his own resilience and how he transformed his life and made a lot of positive changes um, after going through some difficult times. I I was just reflecting on, I learned a lot about resilience from both um, parents. I'd say they were both warriors, but it's interesting because I, I really can see now that I'm thinking of it, my mom definitely was the warrior as for me growing up, you know, after my parents divorced, As I mentioned, she was the first one to go um, to get divorced in my neighborhood, the first one to go back to school, the first one to go to law school, the first one to get married, you know, to a younger man, which was very, very rare back then. It was before, you know, the term cougar (laughs) came up. Um, And then later on, you know, as my dad uh, got older and had some health issues, That's really when I, um, and I got to know him in a whole new way and I really saw his resilience. So it's really powerful when we can benefit from having someone in our lives, either a parent or a role model or someone that we are close to. That's really how we learn to be resilient. I mean, obviously we have to go through our own experiences but if you can have a, I mean, look to your role models, it could even be a business um, mentor, you know, like no, <clears throat> knowing about their, how they navigate through turbulent times, I think can teach you a lot about what to do in your own life. I think um, as we look at her book, she talks about her mom, mm-hmm. May Ellis. I really like that. May Ellis, not Mary, May Ellis. And I guess we should tell the listeners, I had a very tough time with this book. Sheila and I started reading this book, like what, April or May when it came out. And after I finished it, I said to Sheila, I'm going to need some time. This book brought up a lot of my own trauma. I couldn't record right away you know, and here, here the universe is laying it out for us, right? Like, okay, the book, take your time. Then, you know, the movie came and we said, oh, well, let's make sure we, we cover the movie in the episode. And then the Academy Awards, it was sort of like we were just being guided along. And I definitely was grateful to have the space and the time to deal with some of the trauma and outlines in her book, running away from the boys at school. You know, in my case, I was called gordita, you know, which means fat, fat so in Spanish. Her mom eventually came to her aid and helped her, you know, and I know for me, my parents really tried to help me with my weight to feel better about myself. But, you know, she felt dark, you know, she felt her skin was too dark, her And I thought my skin was too dark because I was going to a private school and everybody there had very, very light skin. And I'm, I'm a blend to me. I was really dark, especially if I tanned. Oh my God. (laughs) I, it was beautiful. (laughs) I was a teenager, but, um, I could just so identify with her. I wasn't, we weren't as poor as she was, but we were often on the edge of being able to afford you know, going to school or having a uniform or paying the tuition or, 
you know, my dad worked three jobs. My mom worked um, in retail. It, you know, there was physical um, altercations in, in the home the whole time I was growing up. My dad drinking. Um, I could just, oh, when she was going through her trauma, I don't think I had dealt with it. Sometimes mm-hmm. books, I think, just tell you, hey, it's time. Time to take a look at this, right? Did you read the book or did you listen to it on audiobook? I listened to her on audiobook. I did too. And I really recommend that if yeah. you have chance because she's reading her own book and it is so powerful to hear yes. her voice. And I think she got an Emmy for that, for her reading. <sighs> but I could see the rats. I could, you know, everything she's talking about, the shame of having, of not smelling good, um, having the hand-me-down clothes. And I love what she said. Also running the fear, living in constant fear, like her adrenaline must've been going all the time because she literally would have to run home from school. So she didn't get chased and beaten up. Yeah, And can you imagine your nervous system, if you were constantly in that state of fear. Yeah. Yeah. It was. She makes the point too, that when she was called to the principal's office and given the hand me down clothes from her principal's daughter, that she called, she said in the face of compassion and empathy, it's amazing how it kills shame which, oh, I was like, oh, I can remember shame, feeling very shameful. You know, my grandmother, we couldn't afford my my uniforms, so my my grandmother would make them. And the, and the colors wouldn't be right, the, mm-hmm. you know, or um, it was just, you know, it was, I felt shameful. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of my eating at the time, being a small child was, Shame was about shame. Mm-hmm. Comforting. Yeah. Yourself. One of the things that I thought was really good about the Oprah interview, she talked about coming face to face with the giant being her dad and her fear. And I, she was 14 and I can remember being, oh my goodness, I must have been about my mid 30s. Maybe, maybe almost 40. It must have been about 40. And my dad was here at the house and he was saying something or doing something to my to my daughter, who was a toddler at the time. And I said, no. You know, it was kind of like what Viola said that she got between her mother. Mm-hmm. and father in an argument and just put the boundary down and said no and i remember the first time i did that with my dad to say no you're you don't your your house and the way you did your house is not how i do mine mm-hmm. relate to standing up to the giant in that moment and mm-hmm. uh the courage i think that's what you know, she said, uh, Oprah quoted Maya 
um, about courage saying courage is the most important of the virtues because without it, you cannot practice anything. Mm, so wise, I guess, you know, when she talks about forgiveness, you know, she definitely has healed. And I, I can re- I think that's for all of us to look at too, that when we get to that point of forgiveness, that definitely is a point where we've healed and we can all move on and practicing that. I think she said something about forgiveness is giving up hope that the past could have been any different. I can't change what is so march forward. We watch too much TV and think life will turn out that way. And it doesn't (laughs) willingness to accept that the life God gave you and how much courage you have to create the life that you actually want. Mm, well, the points you were saying before about authenticity for her are definitely things that we know that what she's going to tell us, whether it's in an Instagram post or whatever, that is actually her, that she's being very authentic in that. Well, it's really interesting because in order to be authentic, you actually have to go through, you have to be at a place where you are where you've been able to be cracked open and, um, and you, uh, you know, kind of lean into some of your challenges. And so in a way it's like, because the way that we're conditioned is to kind of shove to, to suppress everything and not really deal with our emotions. And, and the thing is, is that in order to become more authentic, we have to allow ourselves to let go of the shame and the fear in order to allow that cracking open process to take place. And that's the light that comes in is your authenticity. So to me, it makes perfect sense, you know, with all of the struggles that she has shared, I I do believe that, that she is really spreading the light, sharing her gifts of what she's gone through. It has enabled her to help guide other people. And just because she's an actor or an actress, yes, she does that professionally, but as a human, as a, as a human, she, she seems to be very generous with Mm -hmm. sharing you know, good information, sharing her integrity, sharing things that are in alignment with her core values. And I think that's the other piece is that when we're not authentic, we're, it's usually because we're not in touch with our core values. We're not living in alignment with our core values. If you don't know who you are and where you've come from. I think her book, she definitely anchored herself in who she was and where she'd come from. I think a lot of us just keep, like you said, just keep going and we don't reflect on that. And if we don't reflect on that, who can we say we are? So that work to know our, our, our little girl who was, you know, at Villa Cabrini Academy, (laughs) feeling very fat (laughs) in a, homemade uniform where everybody else had their store bought, you know, if if we don't love and pull her in and give her a big hug and say, it's okay, you're safe. It's going to be all right. It works out. It really does. Don't you wish, you know, that her little eight-year-old self, you know, 
was getting hugged when there were the rats eating the faces off her dolls. <laughs> Just, oh my God, you know, it's okay. You're going to be safe. You're going to make your way through it. I think one thing you said once that I really appreciated was that she's re- redefining what celebrity means. Yeah, I do believe that. I really believe she's leading the way and she's because of her courage and her strong sense of self and her authenticity is sort of attracting and helping people come, come her way. Like she's in a lot of ways, I look at her as kind of leading the charge, you know, she's a strong, um, strong woman. And the more that people like her, um, stand and stand, um, in their power and share their light the, and own their light, the more people will feel in her business, in the business, you know, the more people will do that. Because I think what's happened is that so many for years, it was like people in the entertainment business were sort of going along and, but they weren't really using their voice in the same way that they are today. I mean, obviously there's been activism, you know, for saving the planet, you know, things that are important, but it's not exactly revealing your personal vulnerability and your shame. Whereas now we're, that's, I think why she's so unique um, right now, because, you know, it's not just the fact that she's a woman, but think about it. I mean, she's a black woman stepping forward and she's so well-respected and she's so gifted. It's really changing things. People are, it in a way, it doesn't even matter if she wasn't nominated for this movie because everybody knows that she is incredibly gifted and that the it, the awards will come. Yeah, she's living her purpose and her mission. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we should all be so fortunate to live our purpose and our mission and speak our own truth. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think maybe we can almost end this with, um, Sheila, you had sent me the LA Times article and she was asked about being on top. And she said, it was a grind. Everyone wants to be on top. It's a sacrifice. If anyone were to ask me what my life was, I would say Genesis, Julius, my mom. There my heart beat. I'm 57. That slaps you in the face. <laughs> you see what's important. You know, all the things I thought were maybe overrated, I now think are underrated. Like doing nothing. Doing nothing is very underrated. It's like Brene Brown says, when you're overwhelmed, Doing nothing is the only cure. So Sheila, before we end, why don't you um, just tell folks about what you're doing and how they can reach you? Sure. Happy to. I'm Sheila. I'm an intuitive life coach and master healer on a mission to guide ambitious and spiritually minded people to release their energetic blocks so they can achieve a more fulfilling, authentic, soul-led life. 
My superpowers include empowering my clients to transform their lives by strengthening their intuitive skills, manifesting goals, and becoming more resilient. Yeah. Just like Viola, you're pretty resilient and you help us all be more resilient. So thank you for that, Sheila. And what's the best way for people to contact you? You can find me on Instagram. My handle is at Sheila White Scorn. And we'll have that in the show notes, everybody, so that you can reach out to her and be in touch. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening today. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Just one more thing. As I was reflecting on the episode, I didn't think I did a very good job of recapping Viola's acceptance speech from the Academy Awards in 2017. So here you go. Here's the real thing. Thank you to the Academy. You know, there's one place that all the people with the greatest potential are gathered. One place, and that's the graveyard. People ask me all the time, what kind of stories do you want to tell Viola? And I say, exhume those bodies. Exhume those stories. The stories of the people who dreamed big, and never saw those dreams to fruition. People who fell in love and lost. I became an artist and thank God I did because we are the only profession that celebrates what it means to live a life. So here's to August Wilson who exhumed and exalted the ordinary people. So thank you for listening today, and we sure hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts, or join our public Facebook group, Girl Take the Lead, or even visit our website, girltakethelead.com. You can also email me at yo at yocanny.com. I'd love to hear from you. In the show notes, I'll have a link to the resources mentioned in this episode. And next week with Valentine's Day around the corner, I plan to do an episode about love and kindness and their relationship to leadership. And I'll call on the masters that we all love, like Brene Brown, who has said, quote, First and foremost, we need to be the adults we want our children to be. We should watch our own gossiping and anger. We should model the kindness we want to see. And then she also said about self-kindness, quote, self-kindness, being warm and understanding toward ourselves when we suffer, fall, or feel inadequate. I'll also look at Jay Shetty, who launched a new book, Eight Rules of Love, How to Find It, Keep It, and Let It Go. So I'll dig through um, and pull the nuggets for us 
um, that hopefully you'll find useful. Thanks for being here and talk to you soon. Bye.